0: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 73, with guest, Dr. Eris Humor. All links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 73. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and
1: badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to
0: not kick ass. And here's your host the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And as always, I'm very excited and grateful that you're here and very excited to bring you today's guest, my friend Eris. And I met what feels like 150 years ago in our um The coaches training institute in our training together she was um i believe already a licensed therapist and kind of came over to the coaching side and that's how we met and hooked up so let me tell you a little bit more about eris she has a phd and an mft and has broken down psychology on sex love breakups divorce and other human behaviors on so many different shows let me just read you a few of them hln's dr drew nancy grace the hallmark channel npr entertainment tonight um, that show was Ryan Seacrest, KIS-FM. Don't they call it Kiss fm I think they do. She's also a star of Bravo's TV, LA Shrinks. You may have seen her there. And the author of Breakup Emergency, A Guide to Transform Your Breakup into a Breakthrough. And I have something really exciting to tell you guys. So it's been two years since my book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, came out. I can't even believe it's been that long. I feel like I blinked and two years went by. It was actually, the anniversary was yesterday, November 17th, and it came out early. It was supposed to come out in January, but that happens sometimes in traditional publishing. And so to celebrate, I am offering a sale on my book for personalized signed copies. So if you would like to get your hot little hands on a personalized signed copy of my book, uh, for only 15 bucks, That includes shipping to U.S. states only. Sorry, guys. If you want a, co- a signed copy, please send us um, an email, and we will get you a quote. If you are living outside the U.S., send us an email at support at yourkickasslife.com, and we will get back to you. But um, to get your hot little hands on a copy, a personalized signed copy of my book for only 15 bucks that includes shipping, go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 52 ways that's the number 52 ways no dash in there or anything and again 15 bucks get you a personalized signed copy it's a great gift for the holidays if you already have a copy and you have some girlfriends that need some light and a fire under their ass to live a kick-ass life Great holiday gift, great stocking stuffers, and it's got a really pretty pink cover, (laughs) yourkickasslife.com forward slash 52 ways. And without further ado, here is Eris. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. I am so excited, as always, to bring you our next guest because Eris and I have been friends. We were just talking before the show for, it's like eight years now. Mm-hmm. We met in our very first class with the Coaches Training Institute. It's broken up into five classes, and we sat there, brand new coaches. You were, I think, like just barely licensed as a therapist, and now you have your PhD, and you're all fancy. <laughs>
1: fancy schmancy
0: fancy schmancy but thank you so much for being here and I'm so excited to talk to you about relationships and um I mean because who doesn't have relationship issues and that's why we're here on the podcast to talk about what I like to say shit that matters and um you ready to get started yeah well relationships with
1: everything with work with your family with love relationships with everything I mean that's what Keeps
0: us alive, right? Absolutely. That's why we're here.
1: Yeah, the drama of it keeps us alive.
0: (laughs) Keeps us on (laughs) our toes, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Keeps us on our toes, and then the, um, you know, the good feeling of love. That's what makes life worth living. So,
0: well, speaking of drama, you are now happily married with a toddler. But can you tell us about your relationship life before that? So, what did you kind of need to go through that inspired you to write your book and become the woman that we see today?
1: Well, okay, so I, in my 20s, I had, and before then, I had breakup after breakup, horrible relationships, and it even sets back before then, because I come from a divorced home. And so my parents were divorced, and so that was my example. The way they were with each other is exactly how I learned to be with other people. So our parents are always our reference, right, of learned behavior. And so I kept attracting, like, kind of toxic relationships in my life and also how I was behaving in my life. And so it was just horrible. And I just kept getting my heart broken over and over again. And then when I was 27 years old, I went through a breakup with a guy that, honestly, I was only with him for three months. (laughs) 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 But he was, quote unquote, the love of my life, Mm -hmm. like the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I was just so, you know, I just felt a really deep soul connection to him And he broke up with me over the phone back when, you know, we didn't use cell phones as much as we do now. And I thought that my life was completely over. And I didn't know what direction to go. I didn't know where I was going. I wasn't settled in my career. I just had no, like, no clue where I was at. And um, So I started writing in my journal, which, by the way, um, you know, the artist's way, how they have you do the morning pages every morning, three mm-hmm. pages. That was like a life changer for me. And um, I went down to the beach and I was just writing and writing in my journal. And literally out came this idea for this book on how to heal your heart after a breakup and at the time it was called a prince turns into a frog a breakup book plus 10 remedies to heal your broken heart which by the way I still need to write for <laughs> younger girls and teenagers um but yeah so that was you know the inspiration of my book and getting my master's in psychology, again, ending up getting my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. And yeah, so I ended up, people said, wow, you have a lot to say. You should do something with this. You can actually help people because I went to a lot of therapy at the time and no, they just kept, kept me in my drama, kept mm-hmm. me in the, like negative cycle. And I wasn't finding a way to heal myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if these people can't help me, then I have to figure out a way to help myself. And that's what I did. And so I ended up writing breakup emergency as my thesis for my master's degree. So I went to get my master's with the intention of I was going to research everything about relationships because that was my passion. And I did, you know, all of my research papers were on marriage and family and figuring out, um, you know, why we do what we do and the behaviors of what we do. And then I ended up getting together with my husband who ended up helping me co-write the book, which is now published. Mm-hmm. My my boyfriend at the time helped me. And now it's Breakup Emergency.
0: Nice, which I have a copy and everyone should go run out and get one. There's actually a link to the book if you are interested and you're listening. If you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven three, there is a direct link to Eris's book. And I, I love that. I, I think, you know... I love – there's like a quote. I don't know if the Harry Potter lady said this or what. I'm, I'm so terrible with quotes and crediting the people. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. But um, she says, rock bottom is the solid foundation I built my life on. Yeah. And I think that is for all of us.
1: I mean, as you know, getting sober, it's like everybody has a different bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, and for everybody, it's different with – in a different way like there's no one size fits all formula for anyone right for me it was relationships like that was my poison <laughs> mm-hmm. that was mine too yeah and so um that was my bottom and just i was so scared and all alone and so i i needed to figure it out and that's why i say everybody needs to be their own Physician, you know, heal yourself, right? Right. We we all need to figure out what works for us, and so I needed to figure that out Mm -hmm. um, for myself and get through relationships. And you know, that to me, still today, is the toughest work to do. Even though I've been with my husband for um, almost eleven years, and you know, I mean, we've got a great, solid marriage, but it takes work to be in a good, solid (laughs) marriage. You know, I can't tell you how many people come into my office and say, "God, I don't want to do. Why does it have to take this much work?" You know, I'm like, "Are you kidding get me?" Get a dog, <laughs> <laughs> and dogs are a lot of work too, by the way. <laughs> get a hamster. <laughs> a oh fish. my god, it's so much work. A fish will die if you don't feed it every day. Right? So, it is... Yeah, it's it's the same thing. You know, it's it's you have to put work into something that is good. Mm-hmm. You know, your job. I mean people work 8 plus hours a day. They put all of this time and energy to, you know, go to work and or make put in fun. that
0: much time at the gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then nothing
0: with their relationship.
1: They just right. want it to be easy.
0: <laughs> Cuz love should be easy, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I I get it. And that's interesting that you bring that up and we don't have to go down this this long tangent. And I have no idea if you identify at all with back then being a love addict, but I certainly was. And I think people hear my st- sorry you guys if you can hear my dog like rolling around on the carpet behind me and just having a very fun time. But um I when people hear that I got sober, I think a lot of people assume that that was my rock bottom and it actually wasn't. Like my sobriety was just kind of the last, my last kind of, you know, vice that I had. Alcohol was like what I was holding on to. Like in the meantime, while I was still healing from love addiction and like that relationships and love were my poison. Like that. Well, yeah, but you are drinking alcohol to
1: get through that, right? Through I mean, it, yeah. so that, you know, it's like, whether it's food, whether it's shopping, whether it's alcohol, you know, whether it's drugs, w- whatever it is, that, that in that moment is, taking you away from getting to the core of what the real issue is of Mm -hmm. what's really going on. So for me, I mean, I was addicted to cigarettes. I used to smoke like at least a pack a day Mm -hmm. until I was 27 years old. And when I stopped that, um, which by the way, I did through 12 step program myself. um, When I stopped that, you know, that was when I really had to face myself, you know, or, you know, if I didn't go to food or whatever it was, you know, Mm -hmm. try to, try to escape my feelings. Cause learning to deal with your feelings, that's the challenging part to not let them take over. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. It's Ooh, I talk about that all the time about like running (laughs) away from feeling your feelings. And, and it's, yeah, I, I escaped that for years and years and years. and, And it's like, there are still times um you know I was just telling you before we started recording we're having some issues with my son with special needs and it's been like an emotional it's it's one thing to go through stuff with my business or my marriage but when it's my kid mm-hmm. forget it like you talk about wanting to run away from that pain who it's like a freight train coming mm-hmm. and um god i mean i have to pull out all my tools and like work on my stuff and reach out to my friends and and you know practice self kindness and all of these things so mm-hmm. it's a constant constant work on yourself thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's with a child with autism, you know, and even with children who don't have autism, it's a constant thing.
0: Yes. I have one that doesn't have autism still. Yes. Yes. They're, you know, they're there to push your buttons just as much. right? Right. Right. Well, here's a question I hear from my listeners pretty often is when, what to do when They start their own personal development journey and start to really get into it. And their partner, however, does not. Their partner doesn't get it. They don't necessarily even want to hear about it. And things kind of shift in the relationship. So my question for you is, do you think this marriage can still work? And if so, how? So I think that...
1: as i always say it depends on the relationship you know and where you're at and how young were you when you met and how did, how much did you really know yourself when you met you know i mean i look at relationships a little different than a lot of people i mean i it's a relationship is a choice right so we make a choice to be with somebody and if you are on a journey where you both have a vision of going in the same direction of what you want to achieve, then the the marriage can work, you know, and sometimes we go off track, and we're not on the same page, you know, and that's totally normal to go through these, you know, different stages in your marriage, where you're not on the same page, right. Mm-hmm. But if in the end, you know, we want to achieve this together, we're in it to win it, you know, then of course, your marriage is going to Gonna last, but you know, some people are in marriages where it's just, you know, they're just not on the same page and they're in this misery loves company sort of dynamic. So what I suggest is, you know, that you get some outside help, whether it's through a relationship coach, whether it's through a counselor and really help you you know, sift your way through the difficult time. You know, I mean, I, Clayton and I have gone through points in, in my career, even I remember now, even now that you're saying that when I was getting, you know, I had gotten my master's when we were together, but when I got my life coaching, you know, degree and it was like all new and I was all in this self-help mode. And he was like, dude, you need to calm down. (laughs) You know, this (laughs) is like wonky stuff. Like I was going to all these seminars and he's like, okay, they're snake oil salesmen. Don't go down that (laughs) path. And I was like, you're so negative. How can you possibly? I don't like this vibration. Yes, you know, get out of my way. And God bless him. I mean, he just really, like, you know, stuck by my side and kept, you know, trying to keep me in reality land. And, you know, I knew that he always had my best, his best intentions, you know, in his heart for me and for us. And, you know, I got through it. And then we were on the same page again. And then we get off the same page. And then we get. Back on the same page. And that's why I say, you know, relationships take work. You have to be talking with each other, communicating with each other, you know, and just if 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 the talks are about, okay, we want this to work. How do we make it work? How do we stay in the solution of making our marriage work? Then, you know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I think any marriage can work. I mean, I'm in the business of helping people have a better marriage. You know, it's just you have to really take a look at your relationship in the mirror and be honest. Put it in reality land, you know. Where are we at right now? Here we are. You know, how do we get through this?
0: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Because there's so many layers to that, you know. Um, There is. And I I, I did not expect you to wrap it up in seven minutes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) get out your crystal ball yeah yeah but
1: look like you know i mean i my business is actually expanding right now we're we're doing a division called divorce doctor and the website should be up in the next month or so and so there are people who are in three different phases in their life right they either want to they're in the 11th hour and they are want, contemplating on whether they get divorced. Mm-hmm. So it's either you have, you're going to go down this path and you're going to have a better marriage. Or if you decide to get divorced, we're going to help you have a better divorce. And in the meantime, we're going to help you be better parents, you know, mm-hmm. because it's all about co-parenting. Cause that's like, as you say, that's the most important relationship is for the children. I mean, I come from a broken home and it's the worst thing. Mm-hmm.
0: That can possibly happen. And, and that too. can continue I, yeah. well into adulthood.
1: <laughs> yes, that's why most people find their way into my office because of relationships, right? I mean, mm. most people seek therapy because their relationships are out of whack, but then you get to the root of it and it's anxiety or depression or yeah. you know, alcoholism or whatever it is. But... um but so, yeah, when we're in the 11th hour and we think our relationship isn't going to work because we're all into, you know, this new way of being and self-discovery and individuation and and excitement of who we're becoming and our partner isn't on the same page. Well, if your partner isn't going to be supportive of you at all, then you really have to be honest with yourself and say, OK, am I going to go? Down this path, you know is this going to be something that's healthy because ultimately you want your relationship to inspire you to become a better person, and you also want to inspire your spouse to become a better person too it's We're supposed to be on the same team here, right mm-hmm. and balance each other out and you know f- f- one person might have strengths in one area and the other person has strengths in another area, and are we good teammates? Are we in it to win it? you mm-hmm. know it's, this game that we've chosen to play together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just want to tag on to something that you said too about, about going to therapy. And I think that – and I'm not a therapist, but I make up in my own experience and talking to other people that have gone we, – we tend to go to therapy when it's an emergency, like when things have gotten so bad that mm-hmm. we should have probably gone two years ago or more. So I always like anytime I write about relationships and I, I wrote a post like when I turned forty, you know, like what I would have what I would have told like my twenty year old self or something and I was like the time to work on your marriage is now, like when you're not with someone, like work on yourself and maintenance, like when you're married and it's it seems kind of weird, you know, like why would I go to therapy like if we just have like minor problems? Go, trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and if it's not therapy, like do something together, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that there's three components into having a healthy relationship and they're broken down into, you know, pretty simple words. One is hugging, meaning, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be sex all the time, but Uh be like sweet with each other. Like if in the morning, you know, peck each other, you know, a kiss on the lips to say good morning when you're in the kitchen, you know, just, just rub your um, hand, you know, on Mm -hmm. your husband's back, you know, touch your, touch your husband's hand, you know, like acknowledge each other, like, Hey babe, you know, send a sweet little text, you know, that is just the simple things you can do to nurture your relationship. And the second one is talking. You have to communicate with each other when it's good, not just the honey, we need to talk, talk, Mm -hmm. you need to continue to have communication with each other every single day. Right and it's not just like okay because you know once you have kids it's all about diapers and how many poops did the kid have Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um you know what time are you going to pick the kids up from school no it's connecting with each other you know setting that time aside is you know it's like putting gasoline in your car every week like you have to do it for your car to run well you have to do it for your relationship to run Mm -hmm. and and um, the third is being, like, be mindful of your relationship and, you know, your spouse and where they are out, at and also yourself, you know, be honest about yourself and where you're at. And that goes back to also what we were just talking about. Um, You know, you have to be mindful, like, even though you're now on this new journey of self realization, your spouse might not be, be sensitive to that, you mm-hmm. know, and they might be intimidated by it. They might be intimidated or they might, you know, not really get it and your excitement might be overwhelming for them. You know, so just and you if you want the relationship to work, be mindful of where they're at as well. And we we need to live by example anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So live by example to your spouse instead of just, you know, telling them they're negative and horrible that they're and they're wrong.
0: They're wrong, right? hmm <clears throat> Absolutely. That's great advice. Thank you. And I was I was perusing your site recently, which I love, by the way. You guys go. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest way to get there, yourkickasslife.com kickass forward slash seven three. And you have this really great Dr. Aris video reel on your website. It's got so many great nuggets, clips from, you know, you therapizing people on different shows and just all about relationships. And and one of them jumped out at me and you said something to the effect of if you haven't healed your past, you can't have a good relationship with yourself. And if you can't have a good relationship with yourself, you can't have a good relationship with the partner. Now, I know, again, this is a really meaty, juicy question, Mm -hmm. but for someone listening where that strikes a chord, where do you suggest they begin?
1: Right. Well, you know, your relationship with yourself needs to be number one, and that isn't being selfish. (laughs) You know, it's not like, you know, I need to spend this money to buy these, you know, Louis Vuitton. I was just gonna you say know, that I, was, I need to I... spend bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that you know I need to go, you know, take care of myself, um, you know, and I, you know, we we do the wheel of life too, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all about that, right? So you have to um, be in tune with yourself, mentally, physically, you know, with your body. Um, career, finance, your relationships, your home environment, all of these aspects of your life need to be in a good place. Like You need to feel solid with yourself at a core level in order to be in a healthy relationship. If you're insecure, if you're not in a good place, if you don't feel good about yourself and the choices you're making, that's exactly the kind of relationship you're going to attract mm-hmm. in your life, or that's how other people are going to treat you, how you feel about yourself. Right. So working on yourself is key. Being happy or at least working on yourself, you know, is the number one responsibility you have. And that is also if you're in a relationship. I mean, if you're happy with yourself, that's the reflection you're going to give to your spouse and how to treat you. You know, if you treat yourself well, other people are going to treat you well. And so, yeah, I mean, we all need tune-ups, right? Our relationships need tune-ups, but we need tune-ups ourselves. And if we're, you know, putting, you know, I mean, talk about, you know, love addiction or or being in toxic relationships or toxic marriages. I mean, that says something about where we're at within our own lives, Mm -hmm. how we feel in that relationship, right?
0: Absolutely. And when you were saying all that, it reminded me of when I was in my 20s and I I had a similar story to yours. I I just attracted – I was actually in a really long relationship that ended up not working out. And in retrospect, what I see that I was doing was – and this is just classic codependence, but to explain that, it was my desperate need and really addiction to control. And what that manifested as is I, I needed to, I was obsessed with changing him. Mm-hmm. I was refusing, and I wasn't even conscious of this. Like, I totally refused to look at my own stuff. I just was convinced, I was married to the belief that if he changed, if everyone around me changed, even like members of his family and members of my family and the guy at the bodega and like everybody, if they just acted right, like what, what my definition of that, then I would be happy. Then I wouldn't act like a crazy person anymore. And that is exhausting. Let me tell you, I did it for over a decade and I finally was like, oh, maybe if I changed and looked at my own shit, then things might change and my whole life changed for the better. It wasn't easy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, it's not easy work. And, you know, I I see it a lot of times also, I mean, in in today's time, I mean, you see, especially with women, you know, they're not attracting relationships, and they're in their 40s, you know, and still haven't found the person and and you start getting really desperate, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and you think that, okay, I'm going to date this person, or I'm going to be with a person um, with their potential, Right. Right. And so they're going to change, you know, or, and I'm going to put so much time and energy into another person because they'll change and put work into a person because they'll change. But at the same time, you're just, that's another addiction Uh because you're not able to face yourself and honor yourself enough to say, you know what? I deserve better than this. I'm not going to go down that path. Right. So it just, it just says like, that's where we're at. And by the way, your twenties are supposed to be a mess. Right. (laughs) You know, like people need to stop giving themselves such a hard time in their twenties. I mean, I love. I mean, my clients, uh, you know, who I get to work get to work with in their you know twenties, if they're able to work with me, you know, I just look at them. I'm like, give yourself a break. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have this anxiety right now. It's okay to be depressed and lost and confused. It really is okay. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break because you're you're twenty. 20- because you're supposed to be figuring this self out.
0: Absolutely. You know, this
1: stuff. Yeah. I mean,
0: I got to hand it to my clients that have come to me and they're in their 20s and I have the same experience. And I'm like, here, I'm just going to give you all these tools and go out and mess them all up. <laughs> Hold on to them, though. So when yeah. you're in your 30s and 40s, yeah, <laughs> you can start yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you look beautiful and great in your 20s. You know, you feel like, oh, my God, you know, you've got this glowing skin and you're looking fantastic. (laughs) You don't have
0: to figure it out. God's a fair God, you know, like (laughs) look beautiful, be a mess. And then, yeah, get your shit together later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) learn from your mistakes. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I think your 20s a lot, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate enough, and I think your, your listeners are, you know, in the self-help on the self-help journey, right. Of self-awareness. If you're in that place, you're able to learn from your, you know, it's failing forward, right. Mm -hmm. We make a mistake and then we build upon that and it builds character, you know, builds who we are. I mean, we can't, we can't see the light until we've seen the dark on some level. Right. I mean, it's it's impossible.
0: Absolutely, yes, I love that. You can't. It, the polarity is is super important. Yes, I yeah. love like that. Mm-hmm. So I read a statistic somewhere, and again, you know, I'm bad with quotes, and I'm also bad with stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was um, it was a it was a study that was done. There was a therapist that studied couples over like a twenty five year span, and what came out of it was that a couple's sex life satisfaction tends to be the worst when they have smaller, younger children. And the obvious reason for that seems to be that life is crazy busy and um, parents' attention tends to move away from each other and towards their children. So what advice for parents do you have during that time? I know you gave gave some great advice a few minutes ago, but anything for parents of young children? Yeah, because I'm a parent of a toddler. You're living it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm living it right now. And – I mean, oh, God, we can go on and on and on about this. My sex life is better now than it was before kids. Really? Yes. And I will tell you that we put a lot of energy and effort into, into that being that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, we have to have sex during his nap yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah, during the day.
0: <laughs> Weekends. On a Sunday,
1: you know, (laughs) because I'll tell you what, I have a little almost two year old boy and I'm exhausted at the end of the day with work and, you know, marriage and toddler. I mean, and working out and, you know, really trying to find balance in my life. I mean, it's really exhausting. Right. But you have to schedule it in. And, you know, I mean, the research is I mean, statistics are statistics. Research is research. People are actually happier before marriage and children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they have more fulfilled lives. They get to go out, they get to have fun, you know, they get to spend their money wherever they want to spend it. I mean, we make this conscious decision to have sure. children and it really messes with our lives if you want to be real about
0: it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know? think it's any wonder why we are now in a generation where there's a lot of couples that are child-free by choice. Yeah. Does surprise me yeah. at all? Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I think it takes a certain level of self-awareness and, you know, to do that. And I Think it's awesome. I do. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I think it's an amazing choice to make. And then others, you know, we make the choice to have children, and we get to experience love like no other, Mm -hmm. you know. But talk about work. I mean, it's a lot of work to balance a child and a marriage, Mm -hmm. you know. And it takes. I think it takes more work. Yeah. Because now you've got to make sure that you're on the same page with parenting. And you've got to make sure you're on the same page with finances on a different level. And you've got to make sure you're on the same page in your marriage and you're still moving forward in the same direction. And it takes work. And, you know, even if you're exhausted, you got to you got to just do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. to be honest, like I can't tell you how many many times (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really not in the mood right now, but I still do it. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, why don't we do this more often? (laughs) It's actually (laughs) really fun. And I think that every week. (laughs) Totally. And sometimes if you're not, you know, I mean, I think you should really just, I mean, and people think this is just so unromantic and unspontaneous. Look, if you have time in your life and the luxury in your life to be spontaneous, then do it. You know, by all means. By yeah, all means. You know, I mean, do it. Um, I um, You know, I need my sleep. I'm exhausted at night. I'm not a night. I don't want to shave my legs every day. <laughs> you know, what? I mean,
0: just in case someone's spontaneous. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but get over that. You got to get over
1: the shaving the legs, and hopefully, your husband's over the shaving the legs part. You know.
0: <laughs> I like to have. I like to have clean shaven legs. That's why I love um, <laughs> scheduling it because you know we started doing that be- for exactly the reasons that you were saying. It's like. A couple weeks would go by and I'm like, my gosh, you know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. had to. So we had to have that conversation and and do that. And especially now that our kids are old enough, on the weekends after breakfast, they can get – they have screen time. Mm -hmm. And now we've discovered that that is like prime time because we're not exhausted and, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just – you just have to figure it out and like what works and and actually talk about it talk about it and figure it out and you
1: know when people tell me like oh, I don't want to do that I'm like yeah then you'll just keep staying in the same place that you're in because that really mm-hmm. is the only solution you know you have to look at yourself you have to look at your situation and you know you got to just you know figure out a time to just do it And then it it ends up being fun, you -hmm. know, It's like, oh my God, you know, we have the monitor in the room and he's taking a nap and we're having sex. We're like, please don't wake up. Please don't wake up. Worst. (laughs) That happens. Right. (laughs) So, so, and it's happened a couple of times. He's woken up. We're like, oh man, we have to like, you know, reschedule it in tonight, but you just commit to it. And then it ends up being a fun game that you get to play with each other. And it keeps the foreplay going. It Mm -hmm. keeps, keeps the romance going. And when I say, um, better sex. Um, it's more connected sex because we uh, do realize, I mean, I have to walk my talk, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't just be like helping couples out there and not be looking at my own self in the mirror. And so we had to up our communication and up, you know, our, our connection with one another to make sure that, you know, we're nurturing our relationship because if we don't put our relationship you know, up there at the, t- you know, I say, take care of yourself first. You have to take care of your relationship, you know, because so many people put their kids first. It's all about the kids. It's all about the kids and the relationships go, you know, it goes over in the corner on the side over there mm-hmm. and, it's a noble excuse. And, and that, but that's just horrible for your children Yeah, because your chill, what your children want more than anything is for you guys to be happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when my little kid Phoenix sees, you know, Clayton and I give each other a kiss. I mean, it's like, Oh my God, You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like the funnest thing ever or he wants to get in on it, you know? Yeah. So you want to see your parents happy because you, you are an example to your children of how to be in a relationship. Absolutely. That is really a number one work that you have to do. And even in working with parents, because it's, you know, one of the things that we do at my company, um, you know, parenting is you have to you have to focus on being on the same page and putting your relationship, you know, as a number one, because you are an example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and it's, it's just, I can't express how important that is. So yeah, have sex. <laughs> if you're, happier, you're happier when you're connected with each other and
0: you're having sex. Absolutely. I agree. What surprises you about the work you do within relationships with couples? Um, a lot
1: i mean surprises me i mean i've seen so much i've done this for so long but the one thing is that people don't want to put the work into it and they'd rather they'd rather stay in the miserable feeling than do the work to be happier mm. they'd rather stay in the resentment that they're having towards their spouse than to get over it and work through it and to be happier together you know they'd rather stay in their own Anger towards whatever their spouse has done in the past, rather than to make a commitment to stay together and move forward together. You know, you got to either, you've got to either decide I'm going to have a better marriage or I'm going to have a better divorce. Mm -hmm. Right. I got, you got to choose one. You're either in it to win it or get out. Right. And, and I'm a big fan of staying in it, especially if children are involved, you know, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, this is I, this is one of my favorite tools that I do um, in with couples when they're in high crisis and they just can't get past their own BS. Um, is I record the sessions so they can just hear themselves. Oh God, ridiculous they sound. You and know, That's like,
0: painful to watch. Take,
1: take your iPhones. I say it right now. I'm like, e- you either have to get out, or if you know, I can't work with you if you're going to stay like this. Put your recorders on, and then when you go home, you need to listen to yourselves you know and so maybe if you guys are having an argument at home you can use that tool too and just reflect on how we're treating each other mm-hmm. you know you have to figure out a way to get over your own egos and find a happier place because you know the world is really it's it's a tough world we're living in today and you know, I mean, people are struggling financially, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, violence out there. I mean, it's it's just not an easy place to be. And if you have a partner that wants to be in this with you for the long haul, then why not find a way to be happy together? Yeah. You know, why not put the energy in it to be in a good place together? And and to be honest, like, it's as simple as getting over your own ego, and just taking, uh, you know, taking your, your sp- being mindful of your spouse, taking them into consideration and acknowledging that and working through these things together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy being in a relationship. That's another thing, you know, people just not wanting to put the work into it. They just don't want to put the work into it. And it's, you know, it saddens me.
0: Yeah. Well, my, my guess is that, and I, I, I say this from experience, you know, cause I was, I was really that person who, um. Well, before I married my first husband, we were in therapy. Mm-hmm. And we we had been together for a long time, 10 years before we even got married and she said, we finally we were, you know, it's the same story around and around, we kept going and she looked at me, he was there with me. She looked at me and she said, I really truly believe he's not going to change. So you have two choices: you can either stay and live with this habit that he had. He, it was a long story, um, basically like treating me like shit, <laughs> or mm-hmm. you can leave and not marry him. Mm-hmm. And I I married him because mm-hmm. for me it was that it was that situation where both outcomes sucked. You know, it's like I leave and try to start over, and we had so much history together, and I was so enmeshed in his family. Or I stay and that outcome I knew wasn't great either. But I did what was most comfortable. And I did like what I it was all he was all I knew since I was seventeen. And so I think there's a lot of people listening that can probably relate to that. We can all relate to that. Yeah. I just I think it was safe. Even though it was toxic. Yeah. And
1: I think it ties into all that we all that we've talked about, right? you know, today, is that you're taking care of yourself and listening to yourself and being honest with yourself. And if you're on a different page than your spouse, and it's just not working, then you have to really look at the relationship in reality land, you know, for what it is. And so many people stay in hopes that the person is going to change. Well, that's like, that's like a lifetime commitment that you're choosing for yourself, right? Because a lot <laughs> of things, <insane>. yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, seriously, because it is like heaven and hell is here right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the only reality that, you know, I thought
0: if I married him, he would change. And then I thought if I maybe if we have kids, he would change. And then that's when everything fell apart. By the way, do not have kids thinking that your spouse is going to save your marriage. Yeah, going to make it worse. (laughs) I almost did. I almost did. But he chose to have kids with someone else while we were married. So I'm blessed for that. Mm -hmm. But I, I I can relate to anyone that thinks that like that, just both outcomes suck. And Mm -hmm. I get it. I so get it. And you know, you need to do what you need to do. But I, I think even just being aware of that for a lot of people might make some shifts.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even with my marriage, I was with my husband five years before we got married and we were engaged once and I called off the wedding because I knew that we weren't in a good place together and people have, they bought their plane tickets, um, to our wedding and, you know, every, you know, the place was set, everything was set to go. I mean, people were literally, they flew, they had their plane tickets flying in from Europe Mm -hmm. to come to our wedding. And I had, you know, I had to find the courage within myself and call it off because I knew it wasn't right. I wasn't just going to, you know, do it because mm-hmm. I had a wedding date set. And I'm more grateful than anything that I did because that really, I mean, talk about a, a bottom and a breaking point in our relationship we had to really like take a look at ourselves and you know, that took a lot for him too, because talk about ego, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh my God, she, you know, just called off the wedding. And so we had to work on our um, relationship at that point in time. And he ended up (laughs) reproposing and we ended up getting married, you know, after that, but you know,
0: you needed that, yeah.
1: We, we needed that, you know? So I think we all go through challenges in our own ways. We all have different dynamics. There's no like magic pill. But I think that if you can really just be honest, I mean, it's about being honest in the moment and being mindful of the other person and nurturing the relationship and putting energy into it, then you can really like decide, like, are we gonna make a, are we gonna make a strong commitment and union with each other? Or, or should we, are we gonna be happier people like moving on and going our separate ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, such good stuff. I have one more question before we wrap up. And I love to ask this question of my guests so we can all share some common humanity. Because I know there's people listening. We're like, oh, this woman with her doctorate in marriage and family counseling. <laughs> but I just admitted I called off my wedding. I know, I know. <laughs> and we appreciate yeah. your vulnerability.
1: I, oh, I, I am all about telling people like my marriage isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. I have to work on it. It's not like we're like the Brady Bunch over here at all. In fact, we're the exact opposite because this is like the most relationships are challenging for me.
0: Mm -hmm. And that was my question for you. Like what trips you up? Like when do you have to reach into your toolbox and practice what you know and teach? It doesn't have to be marriage stuff.
1: It is my marriage stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I do what I do. And I think that's why I'm Sorry to say, but I am good at what I do, mm-hmm. you know, because I work really hard at my marriage. It is not, it doesn't come easy to me. I didn't have good examples. My parents were not good examples in their marriage with each other. And I have always struggled with it. And my husband and I are both very. Very strong personalities, you know. um, We're both extroverted A-type personalities, and you know we can easily get into a power struggle and do, Mm -hmm. you know. But then I have to use my tools that I teach every day, (laughs) and I have to grab into my toolbox and become vulnerable and and the key to, you know, I mean, being vulnerable with another person allows the intimacy to come back in. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the other night, my husband was sharing with me his frustration, you know, that he was having. And I was exhausted at the end of the night. And I was basically like, get over it, like, please just get over it, you mm-hmm. know. And then I went to sleep that night. And then I woke up in the morning. And I said, you know, like, I'm really sorry. Um, about our conversation last night, I would just like to acknowledge that I hear you that you're going through a really hard time about this. And I'm sorry about that. And I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was just like, wow, I really appreciate you saying that. Like, that's mm-hmm. all I needed for you to acknowledge it. And that was me getting over my own ego. Right. And right. just trying to tune into him and where he's at. And just those words get you a really long way. You know, cause then you have the conversation later in the day and he's like, "Eris, you know, I just want you to know, I really love you. Mm-hmm. I just love you. Oh. You know, because I, I, you know, I allowed myself to be sensitive towards him. Yeah. Huh?
0: It, oh, I love that story. It takes so much work. I know a few months ago I was mad at my husband for something and it happened while he was at work and we had this conversation. And then when he got home, he knew like it was going to go down. And so I sat him down in the kitchen, the kids were playing outside and I started talking and I said, I just, I want you just to listen. Cause I prefaced my conversations because he's a fixer. And so I'm like, I just need you to listen. I need you to hear me out. And I told him, I'm like, I was mad at you and that was all my shit. And I proceeded to tell him, like, My anger really didn't have anything to do with what he did. It brought up all my triggers. It brought up all my stuff. So I basically was owning my part in it and basically telling him like I'm not mad at you and I'm sorry for being a dick to you. And he just kind of stood there with his mouth open and when I was done talking, he's like I was not expecting that. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and he was it's, thankful
0: yeah so I was no, like totally. yay me for a grown-up healthy marriage
1: <laughs> yeah and that's what I'm saying it's it, you're being mindful right mm-hmm. it's like the key you're being mindful of yourself right right you're aware you're being in the moment it sounds like you probably talk to other people too <laughs> yeah it's to, nice to have life yeah, and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you need, you need you need to like whatever it is whether it's a counselor um And, and by the way, if you do choose, you know, a life coach or a therapist, make sure you are very careful in your shopping Yes. because there are so many people that haven't, that are out there teaching you, trying to teach you to become better people or help you work through like major issues in your life. And they haven't done it in their own life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then they project their stuff onto you. So just make sure you're careful in choosing. Yeah. Um, yeah be very careful. I mean, I always say talk to three people, at least, you know, make sure you're really doing your research. But yeah, so talk to other people when you're frustrated. And you know, talk things out with somebody who's level minded, not like, Oh, yeah, you should be mad at him. You know, he's a jerk. No, mm-hmm. you should always you should always be able to look at yourself in this situation and say, Okay, what's my part in this? Yeah. Uh, and then just keep the focus on yourself instead of them. And then you'll be amazed at what kind of breakthrough you might have.
0: Right, right. I, I love that. Thank you for, for sharing, for sharing all your wisdom today. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a great conversation. Tell everyone where they can find you online and come and say hi to you.
1: Yeah, so you can go to com. It's, you know, doctor spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, and then my name, Aris, E-R-I-S, dot com. And we have all sorts of new things that are coming about right now. So, um, you know, stay tuned um, you know, we have Divorce Doctor, that is um, you know, a new branch of the business that's coming out. And I have a counseling company in Los Angeles called Second Chances Counseling. Mm-hmm. And we have we have affordable health care, mental health care, and also
0: coaching. Awesome. So we have lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's doctoreris.com, doctor all spelled out. And if you want any links to Eris's book or anything like that, if you can, it's easy to go to your kickasslife.com forward slash seven three. And Until next time, everyone, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.